Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to the Friday weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And I am happy to say that a week from now, we will be ready with the start of playoff hockey. The coming week, uh, we'll have the Islanders heading up to Toronto. They will play an exhibition game against the dreaded Rangers and then begin their playoff series against the Florida Panthers. So for the Islanders and the rest of the NHL, we are one week away from the start of the first meaningful hockey games since March. So keeping my fingers crossed that everything remains good. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We will discuss there was a ranking of the coaches in this year's playoffs. We'll talk about where Barry Trotz falls in. We'll have the latest news from Islanders Camp, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, and a whole lot more coming up on today's show. Don't forget, if there's something on your mind, Islanders-related, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to shoot us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes about the New York Islanders. All right, so NHL.com releasing a uh, list of the top coaches in the playoffs this year. They, they, They did the top 16, the super 16 coaches out of the uh, 24. Now, 24 coaches with teams still in this, 22 of them received at least one vote in this uh, survey uh, done by NHL.com. And interestingly enough, we talked on yesterday's show about the importance of the coaching matchup in this series and how I think the Islanders have a little bit of an advantage, mostly because they play that playoff style of hockey all the time, whereas Joel Quenville's team is going to have to adjust to it. But in ranking these coaches, Barry Trotz of the New York Islanders placing third in this survey, out of the uh, 24 teams who are still alive in this playoff or play-in round. So, Islanders finally getting 
a little respect. Now, obviously, uh, part of this is based on what Trotz has done at his other stops as an NHL head coach, including the Stanley Cup uh, championship that he won a few years back with Washington in 2018. Uh, But, uh, let's face it, uh, a little respect finally for the Islanders. So Barry Trotz was three. Joel Quenville of the Panthers, by the way, uh, edging out Trotz and finishing second. Um, and, and I can understand that based on the fact that he has three Stanley Cup championships under his belt, 2010, 2013, 2015. He also has a better career playoff record than Trotz. Trotz's career playoff record, 59 and 62, a 488 win percentage, while uh, Quenville is 118 and 97 for a 549 percentage. Who finished number one, you might ask? Well, that barely edging out Quenville was Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who has two Stanley Cup championships under his belt and a very impressive 569 playoff winning percentage. So he's won Quenville two, Barry Trotz three, and then rounding out the top five, Bruce Cassidy of the Bruins and Elaine Vigneault, of the Philadelphia Flyers, but at least the Islanders organization finally getting a little bit of respect from around the National Hockey League, and and, and that is at least encouraging, to say the least. Meanwhile, uh, an optimistic piece of, uh, you know, information coming from ownership, of the New York Islanders. Nice little interview uh, with John Ledecky, one of the uh, Islanders' owners. He did a piece with Fox Business, and here is his quote when it comes to talking about the new UBS arena. He says, I think the resilience of America and the resilience of our fans should not be underestimated. I think what you'll see is that once the coast is clear, Once the health authorities and the political authorities get together and say the coronavirus is on the decline or once a vaccine is developed, I think you're going to see people return to arenas and stadiums across this country in record numbers because they want to support the United States. And that is the quote from Isles co-owner John Ledecky. In fact, he goes in and says, in fact, we're going to be in the market hiring people because when you're building a new arena and you're taking on a project of this magnitude, you need to add to your team. And look, I I think this is uh, certainly a little bit of a hard sell by Ledecky, but he has every right to be optimistic. He just got his naming rights. Construction is back underway. The, you know, it looks as of right now that the arena will open up on time for the 2021-2022 season. So we're talking about, you know, 14 months until the Islanders will be playing their first regular season game, give or take, uh, at the new arena. If you figure it's like the first week in October of 2021. And it's exciting. There's, There's no two ways about it. And the Islanders are 
you know, very, very pleased with that. And it's going to be a big difference maker for the organization, in part because it, it, it shows that the Islanders are back. And here's another bit of the quote from Ledecky. What it does for us as a team, this is what he told the New York Post, it takes the discussion away of agents telling their players, hey, you don't want to go play on Long Island because the Nassau Coliseum is a dump and there isn't a state-of-the-art practice facility, which we also have now. So we've taken all those discussion points that were sort of burdening the Islanders fans and we've taken all that away. And now that focus should be on trying to win that fifth cup. And look, at the end of the day, that should be the focus for the New York Islanders. It's been a long time since 1983 when the Islanders last won a Stanley Cup, 37 years to be exact, and the drive for five is still on. Let's see if the Islanders can do it this year as they take on the Florida Panthers next week to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, a little update now from practice, uh, and the Islanders still going at it as the uh, Stage 3 of the return-to-play plan continues. Uh, Group 1, Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Bavillier, Derek Broussard, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Michael Dalcol, Eberly. Ross Johnston, Otto Koivula, Andrew Ladd, Anders Lee, Matt Martin, Brock Nelson, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot. The defensemen in Group 1, Boychuk, Dobson, Green, Hickey, Letty, Mayfield, Pellick, Pulak, and Taze. And the goalies, Grice and Varlamov. As far as line combinations were concerned, according to the Islanders' official site, and as far as combinations go as to, you know, who's out there with who, uh... They've been doing line rushes with a little bit of a French connection line of Bavillier, Pajot, and Brassard, which would be a very interesting combination, possibly as the third line. Meanwhile, the fourth line, uh, among the fourth line rushes, Dalcole, Koivala, and Johnston. Obviously, you still have your your uh, Clutterbuck, Martin, and Sezikis line, so we'll see. Group two, by the way. Bellows, Kamarov, and Wallstrom as the forwards. Sebastian Ajo, Grant Hutton as the defensemen. And Gibson, uh, Christopher Gibson and Jakob Skarek as the netminders. Again, Kamarov wearing that full face shield. And Tom Cunackle was unavailable at practice. So uh, <clears throat> that is his situation as of right now. Time for our Islanders birthday of the day the birthday is actually officially saturday but since this is the weekend edition we are including it uh and it's going to be saturday the 45th birthday for former islanders goaltender evgeny nabokov the native of kazakhstan originally drafted back in 1994 by the san jose sharks came to the islanders in 2011-2012, spent three seasons on the island. Um, his best year by far, 2012-2013, a 2.50 goals against average, a 9-10 save percentage. But <clears throat> the one-loss record, 23-11-7. So that was by far Nabby's strongest season uh, on Long Island. 
and we're going to take a look back at one of his better games. It's February 23rd, 2013, up at the First Niagara Center in Buffalo Islanders, taking on the Buffalo Sabres, obviously Evgeny Nabokov, the goalie for the Islanders, with Ryan Miller in between the pipes for the Buffalo Sabres. The first period was scoreless, although the Islanders were able to kill off two power play chances for Buffalo, and the game remained scoreless until late in the second period when Mark Streit got the Islanders on the board, his fourth from Matt Molson and Marty Reasoner at 17:51, and then a minute five later, Michael Grabner doubled the Islanders' lead, his seventh goal of the year, unassisted at 18:56, and after two periods, it was Islanders two and the Sabers nothing. In the third period, the Islanders continued to take things to the Sabers. John Tavares scored his 12th goal of the season. Matt Molson and Brad Boys, who were then his line mates, with the helpers at 4:24, and that made it a three-to-nothing hockey game in favor of the Islanders. Then late in the game, Cody Hodgson of Buffalo off for slashing at 18:41, and the Islanders cash in as Colin McDonald got his third, a power play goal. From Casey Sezikis and Mark Streit at 19:02, the final score in this one: Islanders four, Sabers nothing. A 35-save shutout for Evgeny Nabokov, his first shutout as an Islander. Islanders outshot 35 to 32, but they still come away with the victory. Matt Molson had two assists, while Mark Streit had a goal and an assist to lead the Islanders' attack, and as far as plus-minus, it was Molson, Marty Reasoner, John Tavares, and Lubomir Vizhnovsky, all with a plus-two. As far as shots on goal were concerned, John Tavares and Matt Molson each had five, while Michael Grabner and Travis Hamanick had four apiece out of the Islanders' 32 shots on goal. Islanders win this one by a score of Four to nothing as we look back on an outstanding performance by our birthday boy of the day, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 45th to Nabby Evgeny Nabokov. All right, we are back. And, and you know, uh, the more I think about it, this has been a really good week for the New York Islanders and their fans. And, uh, you know, look, in the last week, we have full participation by the Islanders in the return to play, play-in round. Nobody opted out. They signed Ilya Sorokin not just to an entry-level contract, but to a deal for next season as well. So the greatest goalie outside the National Hockey League is, first of all, no longer outside the National Hockey League, and second of all, is now a New York Islander, and that is a big boost going forward. Also, in the past week, the Islanders have a 20-year deal on the naming rights for their new arena, and that is definitely a positive, as the team will head to the UBS arena 
which construction continues to go forward. You have these great quotes from Ledecky, and that is always encouraging. And here's another, uh, a little bit of the uh, quote, Tim uh, Lewicki, who is uh, the CEO of the Oakview Group, basically saying, if you build something spectacular in the world's greatest marketplace, which New York is, then everyone will come and they're going to want to be a part of it. That is our bet. And I'd say that's a good bet. Uh, The Islanders have to sort of uphold their part of the bargain. And that means they have to put a good product on the ice going forward. Now, yesterday, another big event happening elsewhere in the National Hockey League, the Seattle expansion team, which is set to begin play in 2021-2022, basically announced their name, their logo, and their uniforms. And we are going to welcome in as the NHL's 32nd team, the Seattle Kraken. And, uh, you know, I think it's a kind of cool name. Uh, One of those rare but increasing sports team nicknames that don't end in S. And one thing I thought would be pretty cool, if the Islanders ever make the Fisherman jersey their third jersey, and I think that would be a a nice little retro touch, and they are getting popular once again, you got to wear the Fisherman jerseys when you play the Kraken. I mean, it just would be... You could do so much on the scoreboard during breaks in the action and all of that. I I, I really think it would be perfect uh, to wear the Fisherman jerseys when you play the Kraken. But uh, the newest NHL team uh, making their announcement, and we wish them luck, except, of course, when they are playing the New York Islanders. And uh, look, Seattle, uh, another thing, you know, people talking a lot uh, about Matt Barzal wanting to go to Seattle and, and, and play there and that, you know, the Islanders will either trade him there or that they'll take him in the expansion draft. First of all, under no circumstances is Barzy going anywhere in the expansion draft. Let's start with that. But I really find those rumors absolutely, you know, without merit and ridiculous. And uh, I guarantee you, there are two options for Matt Barzal this offseason as a restricted free agent. And it'll depend a lot on, on where the Islanders and Barzi's agent end up. But either he signs a short-term bridge deal before becoming an unrestricted free agent after this contract, or the Islanders find a way to lock him up long-term. But they are building their team around Barzi. They are not looking to send him uh, elsewhere. Now, let's get back to the Islanders-Panthers series, and we are going to have, by the way, a full in-depth preview uh, next week, along with uh, a co-host who is, you know, covering the Panthers. So we're going to have a a breakdown of all the strengths and weaknesses for both teams. Don't miss it. You'll get, you know, my perspective on this, plus, uh, you know, the perspective of someone who is following the Panthers and studying them and and, and prepared to discuss their strengths and weaknesses. And it it should be make for some very, very good shows. So we'll talk about that starting on Monday. But one other area that I think is going to be key in this series, 
is the Islanders' penalty kill. Now, we've talked how Florida is sixth in the National Hockey League in goals scored. They are also 12th on the power play. And the Islanders are going to have to find a way to slow down the power play of the Florida Panthers. Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dodonov each leading the way for the Panthers with 11 power play goals on the season. And Jonathan Huberdeau, 29 points, including 24 assists. Huberdeau and Keith Yandel, uh, very big playmakers on the Florida power play. Yandel with 19 assists uh, for Florida this year. And Barkov, seven goals, 13 assists. These are the guys they have to key on. And I'll say, having Jean-Gabriel Pajot available for face-offs and available to kill penalties, and probably even more importantly uh, on the penalty kill, having Casey Sezikis back healthy and Cal Clutterbuck back healthy will make a big difference for the Islanders when they are out there trying to kill penalties. The Islanders during the regular season were 15th, dead in the middle, of the NHL's penalty kill rate. They were at 80.7%, which is 15th. Florida, as I mentioned, 12th in the league with the man advantage. The Islanders have slow down Yandel and Barkov and Hoffman and those guys and prevent them from making, you know, this into uh, a situation where the Islanders play very good defensively at even strength, but give up one or two play, you know, power play goals in a game and lose three to two. You can't let that happen. On the flip side of things, The Islanders' power play, which was not good over the course of the season, 24th in the league, but they're going up against a penalty kill in the Panthers that was ranked 20th in the league, and overall defensively, the Panthers were 26th in the league. Again, I know a Joel Quenville coached team is going to do well defensively, and going to find a way to at least not give up goals as often as 26th in the league. You know, that's their defensive play will be better in the playoffs than it was during the regular season. But my point with the special teams is Florida's penalty kill is below average, and the Islanders need to take advantage of that and get their power play going. And to me, you're talking about Eberle, Barzal and Lee, especially, being able to make plays, you know, Everly as a finisher, Barzal as a guy who creates space and makes plays, and then Lee as a guy who disrupts in front of the goal, gets deflections, gets rebounds, screens the goaltender. All of these guys are going to have to come up big on the Islanders' power play, but The Panthers' penalty kill is vulnerable, and the Islanders really need to take a step up and get more 
out of their power play than they did during the regular season. And if you want a guy who's flying under the radar and may be a key component of that power play, Josh Bailey tied for second on the team with seven power play assists, nine points overall. Bailey may just be able to give the team a little extra uh, push by making plays in the playoffs on the power play. Ryan Pulak, of course, also uh, a big part of the power play, and Devon Tays as well, as far as blue liners are concerned. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. We are one day closer to the return of hockey. And, of course, let's go Islanders. And don't forget, next week we will have our big crossover preview of the Islanders-Panthers playoff series. So don't forget to tune in. Have a great weekend, everybody.